When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is One Hate Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen. Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. crime opus, Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minutes. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and, you know, sometimes the wrestle on One Heat Minute is to, do I cut someone off mid-scene? Um, to get another fantastic guest voice or do I reel someone back in because I'm so excited about what we're talking about. Today I've decided to reel one of our favourite big fish in. His name is Mr Luke Buckmaster. He's a writer for Guardian Australia. He's an author of the incredible book Miller and Max, The Secret History of the Mad Max Universe and his writings are all over the web on places like The Daily Review and flicks.com.au. Luke Buckmaster, welcome back to One Heat Minute. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. I'm very happy not to be cut off mid-scene. <laughs> or mid-sentence. Literally, one of this, this is one of the most well, awkward ones. remains to be seen. <laughs> because De Niro, in the, in the preceding scene, because we're now up to the 37th minute of Michael Mann's Crime Opus Heat, we've got De Niro going, what's the estimate? Actually determining whether he's going to take this job from Kelso, um, um, which he's sort of, he's basically saying, I've got this bank job ready to be wrapped up in a bow for for you there, Neil. Um, and Neil's like, it almost sounds too good to be true, but he's wanting to know what the estimate is. Is the juice going to be worth the squeeze? You're going to find out what the estimate is. Tom Noonan, Robert De Niro. And we're also finally going to get up to Nate introducing us to Roger Van Zandt, played by William Fickner, who they stole the bearer bonds off, and now they're trying to sell them back to them to make a little bit of more money for him. And, you know, there's a little bit of criminal enterprise going on here. We sell to you. You claim insurance. You get some money. It's a win-win. But uh, we get to sort of be introduced to the William Fickner character as well, which is exciting. That old we steal from you, we sell back to you, Chestnut. But a classic of the genre. <laughs> Let's have a watch of it, and then we'll have a... Uh, you guys can have a listen to it, and then we'll come back and talk about it. 12.1, 12.2 million. You're on. Congratulations. And to give you a little idea of where my estimates come from, this is a printout. Nobody knew the merch was yours. Be that as it may, my way you get 100% from the insurance company and take the bonds back from us at 60 cents on the dollar and make yourself another 40%. Your operation doesn't skip a beat, everybody makes out. Sure, you got a deal. Good, because there's no percentage. Everyone gets their underwear in a twist over this. Yeah. So you have your man call me, and we'll set to meet. Yeah, okay. Nice talking to you. You gonna deal with these guys? 
So words on the street, it's okay to steal my stuff. I'm gonna kill this sons of bitches. Have Harry bring me the spreadsheets for Canary Islands offshore. It's a good minute. It went... As I was saying. It's a good minute. It went so quickly. It went <laughs> absolutely so quickly. And John Voigt, I mean... Oh, the guy can do a mullet. He can well, do a beautiful mullet. It's not The film Anaconda was not far Not off. far away. Yeah, I think it was a couple of years later. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, it's a couple of years. You see broadcasting it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was around the same time. And um, yeah, it's one of many performances in Heat, which are small, but actually quite high impact. Yes. And what I love here, there's a great, you know, Luke talked about... Quintessential shots in Michael Mann is sort of sprawling cityscapes or performances set against sprawling cityscapes or looking down on that. And I think one of the great things here is we hear here $12.1 million. Absolutely the juice is worth the squeeze here on the estimate from Tom Newman. I love that expression, by the way, the juice is worth the squeeze. It is. I think that's a fabulous expression. And, and, this, is, and this is what we see here. So, bang, Neil McCauley thinks about it for a couple of seconds, nods through the things that he's asked, and you're on. Here we go. They shake hands. And, and Tom Noonan, funnily enough, it's funny. He's like, congratulations. <laughs> you know, it's a weird, it's a bit of a weird, you've won a prize sort of thing. Yeah, it's a funny turn of phrase. It gets there pretty quick. Yeah. And I think like, even though Heat is a film that lasts for quite a long time, you know, it's it's encroaching on the three hour yes. minute. Uh, these scenes and these interactions actually quite happen, uh, actually happen quite quickly. Yes. Uh, there's not a lot of pussyfooting around. No. And so they're like, yes. We've watched, you know, together, Luke and I have now watched a minute and sort of 10 seconds of this interaction. It's almost basically it, you know, that was sort of a minute and 10 seconds for over the course of the two minutes. And we're already at a deal making stage. Neil and, and Tom Noonan, uh, uh, Tom Noonan's character, Kelso, are about to start talking about some sort of inaudible stuff. We're not going to hear them talk through some other extraneous detail we don't need to know about. There's a really beautiful setup um, telegraphing the next conversation because it's really been a shot reverse shot. We're now at sort of a, um, a mid shot, but it's sort of the side, a profile shot, if you like, of Neil's face. We're seeing his reflection in the glass. And in the reflection in the background, you see... John Voight's character doing what man characters yeah, do too, best. Yeah. <laughs> They're purveying the valleys, the city, the sprawling cityscape behind him. And then as we transition and they start talking, we see him talking on the phone. He's holding up a phone and, and yeah. bang. He's, the, we transition. It's a nice cut. A very yeah. nice cut. Yeah. It's nice because we see the reflection. It's working. He turns around and we see him on having a conversation you know, no, nobody knew the merch was yours. And so here we're sort of assuming that He's talking to this player character, and we get to actually see this guy behind the behind the other end of the phone. Yeah, indeed, it's a very smooth cut, and uh, you know, it's, it sort of speaks about the largesse of of Michael Mann's vision and directorial style. Yes, I mean uh, John Voight here, and this reminds me also of The Insider with Al Pacino. Oh, great film! Uh, in the sense that John Voight is like sort of literally facing the water, um, and he's looking out into a sort of vast blanket of you know, yeah. unknown sort of territory. Um, and then once you sort of think in this scene that he's not going to go there or it's some sort of blip on the horizon or some dot in the background, yes. Michael Mann will then uh, take us right to this character, uh, which I think is fabulous. And and this does remind me, I think, of, of The Insider with Al Pacino walking around the 
the beach talking yeah. to uh, Russell Crowe. And instead of on the on the phone on the beach to Russell Crowe, it's in the scrub, <laughs> like out near a bush, and you've got the, the buildings yeah. in the background, but yeah. you're still transitioning back to sort of a corporate and cityscape and environment. Yeah, yeah, and it's a little bit more contained in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you can actually see, you know, Rob Nero <laughs> and... Um, Kelso in the background, and Tom Noonan. Noonan. Yeah, and Noonan in the background, yeah, yeah. And so, with the satellites, you know, nobody merch- knew the merch was yours, and... It's funny, we walk straight into a headset wearing rat-like William Fickner, I believe you called him. He's got that sort of features, those uh, rattish features. Wow, well, yeah. And the, and, but the perfect rat-like features for the corporate environment that he's in at the moment. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Fickner does have a rat-like quality, there's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, he, he, he has a charisma and he, and he holds himself very, very well. And Heat, I think, is one of many examples, like the film Go and... Go. Uh, and sort of several other films where he's like, he's never really, um, I'm going to put some caveats on, never really, in terms of what I can remember right now, excelled as a leading man. No. Uh, but incredibly uh, efficient and effective as a supporting character. Yeah, and so he's here listening to this, and he's sort of stalking through his office. He's very, bit, you know... Uh, the efficiency here, he's not mucking around, he's not sitting in a desk, he's not sitting in a boardroom, he's got a headset on, he's willing to have these conversations, he's walking through the halls. This is business as usual, whether you're willing and dealing in the uh, legitimate or the illegitimate, he's sort of, that's immaterial to him, he's walking through the office in, in any case. But he calls along, we get to meet Henry Rollins' character, Hugh Benny, you know, he's he, he he's somewhat out of place because when you look at him, you see his thick neck, He's wearing a black shirt underneath a black suit. It's very kind of rock star. Well, um, it's very Henry Rollins. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's that sort of dude. He's going to wear a black shirt. He's yeah. He's not going to wear a... Sing a couple of Johnny Cash songs. <laughs> yeah, that's, Possibly. That's, that's Henry Rollins style. That's it. And so he comes through. We get this great moment and we see, you know, um, uh, Voight sort of, in this moment, he's sort of convincing him, you know, if we sell this back to you, you make 100% back from the insurance. You get your bonds back. 60 cents on the dollar everyone makes out you know it's 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 a deal that's sounds too good to be true so yeah in the yeah. case of this it, it absolutely is and john void has this amazing face like here and then later on this career as well where it's like a little bit like tommy lee jones in the sense that every yeah. crease every wrinkle every blemish seems to kind of tell a thousand stories. Yeah. It's a very powerful face. And also, this is a time where I think Voight had been a younger, prettier actor in his early career and had been a leading, you know, leading man with leading man looks. And I think this is one of the first films where we see Voight relish being an older guy and showing off the wrinkles. And I think um, there's that perfect vintage you know, of being an actor that's comfortable in your skin to wear those wrinkles and, and, and he's loving it. And so right now with the mullet, he's, he's with not even in 95, the mullet, he's a throwback with the moustache. He's a throwback. He's wearing the same look. He was probably wearing a decade earlier. Um, he's got a, he's got a tan jacket on. He's got a, he's got a sort of a, a pattern shirt, even though it might be pretty stylish now as fashion comes back around, he's wearing a gold pinky ring. Um, he's a throwback and, but he, but as you said, like the squints, the, you know, the, the age on his face, the lines, he's, he's, he's done some miles and they, and you would think that he can convince, um, uh, Roger Van Zandt, William Fickner's character here that this is a good idea, but it's evidently not working. Yeah, well, it's odd. yeah, it's it's odd and interesting. Like when you talk about actors like that, as in like 
you can sort of see them growing older or this is a certain performance that signifies their wrinkles. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's the sort of scrutiny that me and you, we, we don't have. No. I mean, we only have that when we look in the mirror. <laughs> yes. you know, and, and scrutinize and ourselves. And yeah. go, God, what are my eyebrows doing today? It's a very unusual thing, you know. Um, I remember when I interviewed uh, Anthony LaPaglia, Australian actor. Great Australian actor. A couple of years ago. Great Australian actor. Um, and, uh, you know, I said to him, uh, you know, is it weird or, you know, to this effect, you know, is it weird to see yourself on the big screen? You know, have you gotten over that by now? Are you over it? Yes. Um, and he sort of said, yeah, I am a little bit, but the weirdest thing is um, you're actually watching a time capture of yourself growing older. Yeah. So it's like every film or TV show you star in, um, you're actually getting older and older and older. Yes. And that's the way life works. Everyone gets older. There's no escaping that. No. But to see that sort of presented on the screen, I think it's a highly unusual. <laughs> yeah. I'm digressing a little bit. So no, that's good. That's good digression. But it's true. But yeah, and actors have to sort of see that or contemplate it in some way, um, which is not something that any of us do no. outside of, as I said, you know, looking in the mirror. And funny that it's funny that even that might be an interesting conversation that Michael Mann would have, you know, John Boyd, who's used to being made up in that sort of always made up to look your best, look younger, take 10 years off with this angle, with this makeup, with this outfit, etc., um, with this hair color. And now I would even argue that he even looks older than he actually was probably at the time of 1995. And you're actually getting a weird, sense of what he might look like older, you know? Well, a, yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it could be partly the colour grading. Or, <laughs> yeah. Mean, he does look a bit spotchy, but, you know, <laughs> like, that's life. We all look spotchy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do. Um, so, we're now... They're in the conversation. We're looking good here. Fickner goes into this, again, very, very, you know, fancy office. It's got artwork. He's got, you know, a globe there. He's got multiple screens. Um, um, he's there on his headset. He's got Hugh Benny with his gold watch looking across to him. He's got a view of downtown Los Angeles and he's having this conversation. Voight saying $60, uh, 60 cents on the dollar. No one needs to get their underwear in a twist. And I think that's just a sweet, great turn of phrase. Of it's like, a lovely turn of phrase, yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. Need, no yeah. one needs to get their underwear in a twist. You know, you get what yeah. you want, we get what we want. It's all good. And, and when you, know, you start thinking about how that expression possibly materialise... <laughs> It's very odd, isn't it? Yes. As, as how does one? Are, how, how does do you one get your underwear in a twist? You mean you lay around in a certain high octane sort of moment? There is there some? <laughs> Maybe it was a result of Elvis-like leg movements where you're twisting and and slowly encroaching and yeah, twisting underwear. Bit, well, yeah. It's a good hypothesis. Yeah, I'll have to yeah, test it. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah, another yeah, time for yeah. another one even a podcast. Yeah, you, you couldn't see in the podcast <laughs> that Blake was actually moving. Shimmying. Sort of, yeah, you were shimmying. Yeah, it was like a blue suede shirt. Like, yeah, <laughs> sort of dancing with half of your face <laughs> and half of your body and sort of half of your leg. No, no the twisting of the underpants, though. The underpants were working quite well. Well, let's not say. Let's not, <laughs> not rule that out. I mean, you may have been twisting something. But yeah. So we're here. Fickner looks... What's, what's great about his performance um, is the sort of casual and very measured way that he's approaching this conversation. So the conversation to him feels very normal. He's not raising his voice. He's not frustrated. He's completely normal. He's like, yep, 
Yep, get your guy to call me. Sounds good. Thank you, hangs up the phone. And it's sort of Hugh Benning because Hugh Benning is his little lackey played by Henry Rollins. Not little, actually. He's a large man. But he's sort of looking at me. you're going to deal with these guys? Like, he's a bit shocked at how, I think, calm his employer is. So we're probably getting a little bit of a behind the curtain of probably Fickner in his quiet time sometimes is probably a screamer. But on the phone in this work relationship, he's very calm. And immediately... He's just like, no, it's okay on the street that people can steal my stuff. I'm going to kill the bastards. Yeah, he's got this sort of Wall Street attitude to him. Absolutely. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, it's like there's this sort of empty horizon in the background and sort of like partly consumed by a skyscraper and then partly in the foreground consumed by his own ego. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> certainly part of it. It's just, And this is something that you see throughout Heat too. It's a sort of steely corporate identity yes um even when it's about the villains um sort of taking away something from society it's still about corporations and it's still about business yes um but the business that they're working in which i think michael mann and the screenwriters say very very explicitly and very very interestingly is just it works outside of the natural parameters of what is perceived to be okay and what is not. Yes. And that feeds into El Pacino and um, Robert De Niro's characters being on opposite sides of essentially the same industry, but just coming at it from different <laughs> angles. Absolutely. And so you've got here Fickner, another small branch in in, in, in corporate, and he's like, his, his immediate thing is, I'm going to kill the bastards. Can you please get me the spreadsheets for the offshore accounts? So if you weren't already sure that there was a potential level of corruption in this character, this corporate Wall Street slimy character, as he sort of flippantly says, I'm going to kill people without even a bat of an eyelid, he's now asking for spreadsheets on you know, offshore accounts so that he can, you know, you know, circulate some of this money potentially that uh, he's going to deal and wheel with. So let's, um, it's really interesting, right? Because it's just another facet of that underworld. And, and, and even though he's perhaps a little bit more fancily dressed and outfits his office a little bit better, he's no, no better at all than Macaulay. In fact, maybe probably even more heartless because he doesn't even bat an eyelid for having to kill someone. Indeed, and I think that's a comparison that's that's brought up sort of quite uh, explicitly. You know, like the cop and criminal thing has been sort of run through the yeah the mill for you know many many films and many many different <laughs> occasions. Yes. but I think in Heat does have a sort of freshness about it because everybody is ultimately this is my opinion. Everyone is ultimately a criminal. Yes. Um, even Al Pacino's character and perhaps even especially um, and it's part of a society where you know the only crime is getting caught yes. and that's part of a very bleak um, view of society it's, 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 it's not a society where the, you know the best people get rewarded and the criminals get busted it's much more complicated than that yes and so here Fickner's found his very uh, Roger Van Zandt has found his very good niche um, just barely in corporate he dresses like corporate he has an office that's corporate but uh, bubbling underneath is that criminality that inherent sort of criminality and uh, and, and taking advantage of the system in inverted commas um, but no it's a it's an interesting performance and it's great because in this moment like in this last second you kind of like we've 
there's a couple of big sort of question marks that we now have over this heist, which is, and, and they've come about quite innocently. And unfortunately, they've kind of probably both been at Nate's hand, which is, one, you've got a wild card in Wayne Grove who's just disappeared off the face of the earth and, and gone into the wind to become a virus in LA to go and wreak havoc. Um, so there's a loose end as fact as, as part of the crew. Neil's on to the next job. He's confident that that's going to go ahead. But this sale, it almost makes that first heist job completely pointless if they can't sell the bonds because part of it is steal the bonds, sell the bonds, make money. And so now if they're trying to sell them back to this dipstick in, in Van Zandt, this slimy uh, dipstick, then he's coming back to kill them. Then that job is, it, it's almost like that job is like a black hole that's yeah. it's going to come back around Absolutely. and bite them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mr. Buckmaster, it's been an absolute it's pleasure to have you back again. It's been a pleasure to be here, my friend. More, absolute pleasure. more Thank minutes. You. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Luke Buckmaster at Luke Buckmaster on the Twitters, or you can find all of his stuff on The Guardian if you subscribe to The Guardian. Um, daily review, flicks.com.au. But if you just go to him on the Twitters, you can find him there. That would be great. Um, I am Blake Howard. You can find me at Blake is Batman on the Twitter sphere. Or if you want to follow One Heat Minute, you only need to go to oneheatminute.com. Um, everything is on our site there. Subscriptions to iTunes and Stitcher and Android and also Wooshka. Um, and if you want to email us, you thought of some cool stuff you want to chat about, you've got a, uh, uh, you are Henry Rollins and you are listening to the show. Hello, Henry. And you want to email us and get on the show and talk about Hugh Benny. You um, need to be on this show, Henry. I mean, we love you. We think you're absolutely amazing. I, I'm, I'm going to say this completely on the record. I saw you live also, Henry. And you were fantastic. Uh, I've also listened to most of your music. I, I'm sorry. To that, you. That's fine. That's fine. And he's an absolutely sensational podcast guest. If you've heard him on Joe Rogan or Irish Affairs podcast, and uh, an incredible and interesting character in and of himself. So if you want to get in contact, Henry or anyone else, it's mail at oneheatminute.com. Um, I've been Blake Howard again, as I've said. Um, thank you to Garth Franklin for doing our website design. Thank you to Paul Davies for our theme. And thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as always, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We love uh, uh, your support there. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Luke. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.